Hello, welcome to the Geeky Roomy Podcast. As you can see, things have changed slightly. New studio placement. Welcome, welcome to our new shiny studio. Uh, I'm your host, Mr. Ryan Parrish, and joining me today, as always, Mr. Keith Mingle. Welcome. Hello. And Mr. Matt Lovell is present. Hello. Indeed. So at any point, we hosted VS Fighting X. As the name suggests, it's like the 10th tournament for VS Fighting, which is a beat-em-up tournament. So it has Tekken, Street Fighter, Super Smash Bros, all of that kind of thing. Um, and this is the first year they've done it in about three years due to the pandemic. So, and it was a really good turnout, really good turnout. Um, the highest football they've seen, I think. Um, and the most popular, like the most watched um, tournament they've had. I mean, coming off the back of the Commonwealth Games, esports tournament as well. It's kind of like been a bit of a golden month for esports in Birmingham. It has, but the recognition is still like non-existent, which is frustrating mm-hmm. because there's so there's so much stuff going on, um, but there's just not enough. People just aren't aware of it at all. And yeah. even though you're talking about it, you know, it's on Twitter, it's on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Tavia's fighting. Yeah. There are some of the top pros from around the world were here um, over that weekend. 19th, 20th, that's it. Um, and, and yeah, and people just don't know about it, mm-hmm. you know. And there's some really fantastic games that play at VS Fighting, it's just not Tekken, I think. It's Tekken, Street Fighter. There's Tekken 7, there's Street Fighter 2. Um, there's Blast Blue, Guilty Gear, all sorts, you know, all sorts of fighting games. But also, I think what's really good about the fighting game genre for esports is that it's a lot more diverse. Mm-hmm. So you get a lot more um, different types of people playing those games, and the audience is a lot more diverse than it is normally. So if you look at something like, let's say, Dota 2, there's quite a clear sort of demographic where you look at fighting games and actually there's quite a diverse um, audience base and player base which I th- is fantastic. Awesome. So and if we're meant to ever get involved with versus fighting, how do you get involved? Um, so it's run by Electronic Dojo. So their website is electronicdojo.com mm-hmm. and um, they'll post all the news about the tournaments. The tournament is come back um, again next year in August. So anyone interested, check out the website. Awesome, thank you. Anything else? Um, I I finished speaking of fighting games. I finished Tekken Bloodlines, which is the six episode anime on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, really good, really really good. So is that going back to the original Tekken games, or is it a bit more? So it covers, it starts with Tekken 3, so the King of Iron Fist Tournament 3, but um, it's, it covers all the lore, because Tekken does have lore, despite what people think. Absolutely bonkers, but Tekken does have lore. And I think what's, what 
I really enjoyed about the anime is just they captured the feeling of the games really well. So like the animation style is brilliant. They use um, a lot of the moves the characters use, um, but also everything down to uh, the the effects when they're blocking and punching. They all have different sort of effects, and that's incorporated into the anime as well. I think the only downside to it is that it is six episodes long. It could it had potential to just have so much more. Want to revisit maybe it's Netflix, so I might renew it and then cancel it off right the second season and leave a massive cliffhanger. Yeah. It seems to be their plan for the <laughs> most shows. So. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Keith, how about yourself? Have you looked for anything interesting? Uh, I've been mostly trying to catch up with the giant read pile I've got coming to the door over the last few months. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm having quite a good time reading through the bunch of copies to get caught up. So I've just started the Image 30th anniversary anthology. Set that I've got, I've got three issues of that at the moment, which I'm starting to get through, it's quite good. A bunch of other stuff, so I'll be tweeting a lot of image stuff. Yeah. Which is great, so I'm, I'm kind of getting that pile down, so I can just create a new one over the next couple of weeks. Is, is your loving partner like fighting getting past that pile at the side of the bed? <laughs> it, it, it goes from one place to another, so it's kind of like it's, it's not easy to disguise a huge pile of a couple of hundred comics, it's not great. But I'm going to put them in boxes so I can hide the boxes. <laughs> Um, I've been catching up with Lock and Key on Netflix because mm-hmm. for some reason I've uh, not watched the second season. Yeah. Which um, came out a while ago. The third season's just launched, so I'm going to do a bit of catch up on that. I'm curious if they're going to cross it over with Sandman or something. No, because it's over now. This third season is the final season. Well, they might, might drop Lock and Key into the Sandman or something. Ooh, I, I doubt that's on the cards, really. It, it seems a bit, I think it's hard enough for them to do it in comics, so I imagine yeah. the true like, but I'm quite enjoying that. Slow start, but the last few episodes have built up to be quite intense and exciting. So mm-hmm. I'm quite enjoying that. Um, and now I've been playing the new Destiny season, which launched this week as we record, which is the season of Plunder. Yes. So I think there was, I'm not sure if it's still valid, but there was a 30th anniversary special where you could get Destiny and all the DLCs for free. On Steam, yeah. On Steam, yeah. I think that's still valid. At the moment of recording, it might not just yeah. be when you, when you hear this. But just double check Steve, my hero. Yeah. But it's worth picking up because it's got all the DLC included. I forget, I forget how much I actually enjoy playing Destiny. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good game. I kind of like just charging through things and shooting aliens. To me, it always looks like a squad shooter, though. It doesn't look like there's much you can do solo. So I got the wrong opinion from that. Yeah, because basically I only do everything solo because I don't have any friends online <laughs> that I can play with. So you can have fire teams. Yeah. So on, on certain events, you do have to play with other players, yep. but it's just match made, so you can kind of just coast through um, and um, let, the, let the heavy hitters do all the work and just muffle. Maybe we should have a play with Geeky Brummy, because I think we've all got game pass now. So. Yeah. I, I do quite like it, and the season of Plum is quite good because you have to be collecting a bunch of um, resources and yeah. you know, create um, early treasure maps and stuff. So it's, good. it's quite good, um, so I'm quite yeah. enjoying this, it's got me back on my end. Just, I've kind of drifted off. Started again a few weeks back and kind of drifted off. But now it's still really pretty steady. Because if I remember correctly, it was always supposed to be a three-game plan for Bungie. So there's a Destiny one, and that's kind of dead now. Very. So do you think Destiny three might not be? I, I don't know. I think the way they're doing this kind of like um, new. They got. I think was a, there's a new expansion which is like four, mm. which is continuing the story. So I think. It's, it's easy enough for them to just keep continuing the story rather than 
launch a new game yeah. as such. It's, I think Destiny 2 worked because it kind of reworked a lot of stuff that kind of wasn't quite working in the first version. Right. But I think it's, it's a well established platform. It's like, you know, why relaunch it with a new game? Just yeah. add in content. Because that's what I want. Why game. Like game developers scared of number three? It's usually means bad things. <laughs> But also, I think uh, it's a really good point because live service, live service games, you kind of wonder, do you need sequels? I mean, yes. again, take take the whole Overwatch two, or people just there being like, does it need to be a number two, or can it just be? Well, if you look at a game like Titanfall, which Titanfall one, very well regarded multiplayer only shooter, then Titanfall two, a very short single player game, which was absolutely fantastic, and you could go and play it because it was dirt cheap. Worth playing a single player game, but the multiplayer is pretty much hacked and broken now. And because they're making so much money off Apex Legends, I think there's probably just one person in the closet left working on Titanfall 2. So they've just like got nobody to go and fix all the issues. So maybe that's due a sequel, I think. And a lot of people probably appreciate a sequel, especially the single player from Titanfall 2. Mm. They left it very open without putting any spoilers at all. Yeah. But I think it, it depends on because things like Destiny are always meant to be a live service yes. sort of game with seasons, that kind of thing, where something like Titanfall 2 was a bit different. So it's it's, it's a difficult one, really, isn't it? My issue with live service games is it, it means constant grinding development developers. Mm. So you can't just release something, it's constant maintenance for them, and it's a real big struggle for some business, some companies. So, yeah. I mean, probably one for a lot wider chat later on. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Keith. Spider-Man, Spider Virus. It's not fair, which is really disappointing. So I find it, I've got into a mindset now that if I, um, I feel poorly, it's like, oh, you know, I want that affirmation of the COVID test that goes, you yeah, you are ill. Because yeah. when it doesn't come up, and you go, oh, so I'm not, I'm not in the kind of ill where I can go, look, here's proof. Yeah. And I have to stay home in bed now. Just get rid of my just have to be But being in the test was all the way I think we all went home. Yeah. Have you not had it yet? Yeah, yeah, I had it. Thank you, Keith. Yeah, how about you, Brian? What have you been up to last week? So I returned to City Mall before its inevitable disappearance because I think they're heading towards bankruptcy, unfortunately, which probably might see in the news. But uh went to watch Nook in IMAX. So I know it's been Jordan Peele's most controversial film so far and it's a very horrible phrase for a Marmite movie. So you either really love it or you, you, you're not going to enjoy it. Because it's... I was expecting a twist because it's a Jordan Peele movie. The twist that happens is not the twist I was expecting. Isn't that good? That's really good. I really enjoyed it but some people obviously didn't like the way it changed the direction it changed it. Is this whole kind of M. Night Shaman thing going on where yeah, where yeah. it was like, hey, this is the greatest film ever made, and then they go, oh no, yeah, we don't yeah. like this anymore. But the cast is fantastic, so you've got Daniel Bluer, Kiki Palmer, and I believe Stephen Yeun. So they're all fantastic in it, the only thing I'd probably say it needs more Stephen Yeun in it. And really hard not to spoil it because it's quite big. 
because if you are going to watch it, I really recommend you watching it. It's it's a fantastic spectacle to watch, and I would say it deserves to be watched in the cinema. So if you have got time before it disappears, try and go and watch it, especially in IMAX, because it, it deserves that format. But it's a very good allegory of the way Hollywood treats people and animals at the same time as well. So it's really fantastic. It's just watching the, the plot develops quite significantly. So the first two acts are pretty just standard Jordan Peele movie, and then the third act changes into something completely different. Cool. I'm off to see it after the recording. Yes. Uh, yeah, really, really recommend it. Really enjoyed it. Uh, elsewise, still playing Forza Horizon 5. Else, Master Chef is on. No Master Chief. Yeah, Master <laughs> still Chief. not finished through, playing through Halo One. <laughs> that far behind, but yeah. But Master Chef has returned. Celebrity Master Chef this time, so I'm not leaving there as well. Leslie Joseph got through Richard Blackwood's run out. So I've actually seen an episode of that now. This time, yeah, I was watching it last night. And um, it was the guy with the grey top knot doing the footballer. Yeah, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Buffet. I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a name like that. It, it's a football person that I just completely switch off as soon as football people are. He's on Soccer AM apparently. That makes any kind of difference to people. Like we're probably not a Soccer AM's target audience. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was one of those. It's like, oh yeah, you're doing the cookie stuff more than you. Yeah. So without going going back to the whole cinema thing, without yes. going too deep into it. So for people who aren't local to Birmingham, yes. the five way city world is quite a sort of centerpiece, I'd probably say, yes. in terms of it's probably the most one of the most popular yes. cinemas to go to for Brummies. Yeah. In the city centre. So, what do you think is going to be the repercussions of having that closed? Well, we're kind of lucky in Birmingham that we've got an embarrassment of riches in the cinema. Mm. I think we're to the standard of many years ago. So, go to BMAC, there's a really good exhibit about the history of cinema in Birmingham at the moment called Wonderland. Wonderland, yeah. We go and watch that, and it closed in October, so go have a picture of that. That's why the awarding team is really recommended. But uh, we've got the Ogin on New Street, which we colloquially nicknamed as the Odious because it's not had any money spent in it for not quite a long time. There's the Odeon at Broadway Plaza, which is about three minutes walk from the city world. So I'm thinking Odeon are probably just rubbing their hands together to get all that kind of trade move over if it does go under. But we've also got some fantastic independent cinemas. We've got the Electric, which is the oldest working cinema in the UK. Really recommended. They've just got the 35mm projector installed a few months ago. So you can go and watch some classic 35mm movies. We've also got the Mac as well. So the Mac does quite a lot of independent or foreign cinema. They'll do film festivals. BIFF uh, is usually there. They'll occasionally have an anime season, I think, associated with Japanese cinema in London. And we have Keith's favourite, which is the real over in Quinton, which is just outside Birmingham, but it's close enough. That means County. Yeah. That's cheap. Yeah, it's a very cheap cinema. And it's a proper old style old school cinema. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I went to see like things there in the eighties. Yeah. So. Yeah, but of course, every dig was got the Mockingbird cinema. Of course, as well. Yes. Almost got the Mockingbird. Yeah. Every man. Yes. Yeah, Where people eat burgers and read loud mantras on big coffee sodas. <laughs> See, working at the Every Man, that give me anxiety if I have to like, go and give food to people in a really dark cinema. I don't know where they are. Why is it the two loudest food stuffs possible? 
was pop food and that show was our traditional cinema foods. So there's our weekly question. Answer the postcard. Because yeah, it was probably cheap. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, was cheap. Yeah, that was probably the, the reason that that was yeah. But they're yeah. both incredibly loud. Especially Pop Popcorn's a reasonable, but nachos is not a cinema food to me. Yeah. But like you should eat that before filming the stars. If you come in with the nachos, you get those jalapenos, don't you? You're gonna eat that before the film starts. And every time some of those people who go to a 4 dx screening with like a tray of nachos is obviously just gonna go up front. Yeah, one of the things with the cinema on Broad Street is though that they haven't had posters displays outside for ages. It's like, I want to know what films are on. I don't want to know that you've got 40x screens and you know. They don't they don't have any films that's a They've got Minions Rise of Groove. Yeah. There's a few there's a Thor. There's Bodies, 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 I think, which is his one, isn't that Which is a horror horror film in the middle of August. Mm. And there's Fisherman's Friends too. Perfect, perfect holiday movie cool. I hope we get a Fisherman Friends three. <laughs> okay, having having only seen the adverts on on the side of buses, is it anything to do with the sweet the sweets? No, no, no. They missed they missed a trick there. That's that, like, that would have been a great. I, I was there being like, they have done really well to make two films out of it. I'm sure there's a bunch of Funkos I've done that. Yeah, I'm assuming there will be now. Every franchise has a Funko. Yeah. But yeah, if, if it goes, I'll be sad because. A, I'm an unlimited card holder as well, so that uh, means that Odin's going to put everybody over the barrel with their limitless offers. So the only one that offers that kind of repeat monthly subscription. But I think Electric do a deal as well if you have a membership, which gives you a discount on certain amount tickets per year, so that's worth investigating. But yeah, I don't know. It's always sad to see something this field that. But you never know. I mean, the AMC went Broadway Party and so you don't know who might take over. Yes, there's, there's various other chains that might yeah. be able to take over. I can say I completely forgot the Empire Cinema at Great Park, yeah. which is another cinema. So another chain might take over. It's big, it's big, it's 11 screens. Yeah. So and it's got a full IMAX screen and the whole audience and stuff. So. so latest Disney Plus series has dropped and we have all witnessed it and that's why Lee's not with us today because we told him because we talked about She-Hulk and he ran away from the building I think <laughs> but She-Hulk is with us the first couple of episodes are now available on Disney Plus in here in the UK so based on the eponymous She-Hulk character uh, created by Jessica Gao for TV I believe and she's writing and directing I think the vast majority of it um, I don't think she's actually the directing I think the the she was originally involved with the series a while back mm -hmm. and then for one reason or another um, it's being directed by um, different people uh, it's been directed sorry Kat Caro yeah, is the director so um, but written by Jessica Gow so she's written yeah. most of the episodes I believe she's kind of basically the showrunner yes so do you want to explain She-Hulk as a character as our comics expert Keith well in the comics yes. she's the cousin of Bruce Banner yes who in the comics uh, undergoes uh, a blood transfusion, mm -hmm. which then Im Im imbues her, her with, with the power of a Hulk. Yes, uh, but unlike her cousin, she's able to control it more. Um, mm -hmm. So she's more smart Hulk all the time. Yes, uh, and she can decide when and when she 
um, transforms. Mm -hmm. So originally she was the savage She-Hulk. Yes. Um, which is a name that's been dropped over the years. But she's she's gone through various iterations. One mm. of the big ones in kind of the 80s was a John Byrne run, yeah. um, which kind of established this kind of um, fourth wall breaking, uh, more comedic uh, approach to the character, which works out quite well. And mm -hmm. very recently, she's been uh, returning in a uh, miniseries uh, written by Rainbow Rowell with um, Jack of Hearts playing... Mm -hmm. uh, um, a big part in the Jen story, but awesome. yeah, she's a she's a cool character. She's been around for a long time. Yes. Um, so swerved slightly away with the MCU version, as I always do, to make yeah. it more fit the MCU movies. So spoilers will abound from here onwards because we'll talk about yep. episode one. I don't know if you gents have seen episode two. Yet. I haven't seen episode two yet. I have. We'll try not to spoil episode two for yeah. you, Keith. Not not that like all the pictures they put up online spoil yeah. it, kind of. You know, still. Well, I think the cast listing doesn't really help the situation when you go into IMDb, does it? So Yeah. But um, so slightly variation. So in a car crash with Bruce after meeting, and then this kind of blood gets swapped over. And that's how yeah, which gets. I thought was quite a subtle nod to um, the Incredible Hulk film, mm -hmm. uh, which starred Ed Norton yes. as Hulk rather than Mark Ruffalo. There, there is some more references to that in episode two, which I'm not going to spoil. Uh, okay. Highly amusing when that conversation comes up, but uh, yes, so that's episode one, and then it's her backstory about how she got these Hulk powers and learning how to control them, etc. And basically, speed running what Mark Ruffalo's had to deal with over the last five years to get to Smart Hulk. But um, yeah, so cast is really good. Tatiana Maslany, I believe, is the yeah, word you, you can say that. That's that's why. Is that is that the right pronunciation? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I'm not, going to argue, I'm not going to argue with her if she comes in and tells no. us it's not. Uh, she's Jennifer Waters, <laughs> a.k.a. She-Hulk. Uh, Jamila Jill, Jamil's going to be having quite a big role. I think looking like it's going to be an antagonist based on the end of the first Yeah, episode. she's another uh, Hulk, well, not Hulk-powered, but yes. pa very powerful female yes. fi fighting character. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, as you expect. Mm. And, spoilery spoilers, some people are going to be turning from the MCU, which you're probably already aware of. So, Tim Ross. Charlie Cox will be popping up at some point. Uh, okay, but um, and Benedict Wong as well because he's just cool. This is Phase Wong, uh, I think. Yeah. Every, every single thing's had a bit of Benedict Wong. In it's going to be in every film <laughs> and every TV series. <laughs> <laughs> they'll just they'll just release the Phase Wong box at the minute. But um, I don't know. What do you think after the first episode? Then do you think it was a powerful, good start uh, compared to something like Ms. Marvel? Do you think it's picking up and running that ball or do you think it's probably not as impactful as some of the MCU TV we've had so far? I think um, so for me for me I find the more the attorney at law stuff yes. a lot more interesting than the She-Hulk origin stuff but what I find quite good about it is literally in the first five minutes she breaks fourth wall and goes okay, before we do the attorney at law bit, here's my origin story kind of thing. So I know that's what they were going for in episode one. Yeah. Um, so for me, I I kind of, I thought it was fine for a first episode, mm. but I think the subsequent episodes are a lot more appealing yeah. to me. I mean, it's going to be superhero Alec McBeal, isn't it? Which yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to, to be honest. It's a slightly different take from the standard MCU. Oh, we need to have a fight scene 
every episode. So I think that's when they diverted with that with WandaVision, when it was more about actually some character building. I really enjoyed that. I think that carried quite through into Ms. Marvel as well, where they gave chance for the character to develop and carry on. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was a bit poorer because it was just reliant on the action all the way through, I think, and there wasn't really much development between Sam and Bucky. It was more, oh, we, we, we hate each other, but we're going to be bros by the end of this series, and that was their entire arc. <laughs> So, but I think at the MCU series so far, I'm I'm quite enjoying it. I think it's got promise, but I'm not holding out too much from it. I think it's going to be more of a kind of throwaway sidey character. Yeah, and I think what what I am enjoying is just more screen time for the Hulk and the whole Hulk persona because yeah. I know obviously the way they've done. Hulk in the MCU so far mm -hmm. um, he's always been a character that's featured in everyone else's stories or in these or like group stories that kind of thing there's never been a separate film obviously based on previous uh, previous iterations performances so it's nice to have an actual Hulk series and I think that's where it shines because there is that whole you know Again, it's the whole sort of like character nuance, all the trauma, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, but I agree. I don't think it's going to be... It's not going to be like one of their standout, but it's going to be a decent... Yeah. And I think I'm quite liking this new tack of having TV series alongside the tentpole flagship movies, and it's there if you want it. I don't think they've done anything huge in the TV series except for probably WandaVision that directly in, involves the movie so far. They've kind of kept those worlds quite separate but related. Well, kind of Falcon and Winter Soldier has a major impact on what's going to happen with the movies going forwards. Well, I think that because was of the change much, of status quo. But I think that was pretty much already highlighted in Endgame. With the shield passing over, so if you didn't watch Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm. that entire but you have, series couldn't. You have the introduction reach. of characters who are going to end up being significant in mo later movies because we've got the Thunderbolts yeah, coming up, and that sets a lot of Thunderbolts up in Falcon yeah. and Winter Soldier. Yeah. We'll see. But I mean, for me, it's a case of the more the merrier. Really, I don't think everything that MCU does has to be groundbreaking and earth shattering and involve you know the fate of the entire universe no. so I kind of like it the fact that um, again much like Moon Knight this is playing it a little bit more closer to it's just one character story and the events mm -hmm. and impact that it has on, on these small individuals um, you know so it, it's, it's cool I, I like the fact that Marvel are playing to the fact that this is what comics do yeah You've got your big epic cosmic comics, and then you've got your kind of more down to earth comics. Yeah. Um, you know, Netflix have already proven with things like Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Daredevil, you can play this more street level stuff. And mm -hmm. She Hulk's running with that, but on a, on a more comedic level. And Netflix pretty much nailed that before we even got there with yeah. the whole their Netflix verse which yeah. they're bringing partly back with Charlie Cox's Daredevil and I'm assuming hopefully Jessica Jones and maybe a few other characters will yeah. pop up in the future but it's nice that they're returning to having a small scale story which isn't world 
world beating and yeah can't beat Galactus yeah. or Thanos every single well, it, film it's, I think that the conversation that she has with Bruce in the first episode where he's like oh you've got to be a superhero you've got to be ready to save the world and she's mm. like yeah I kind of already do what I need yeah. to do as an attorney and I kind of like that idea of like you know to do good in the world you don't have to be saving it from yeah. the the, the Thanos is in the world you know you can you can do good yeah. in smaller in smaller ways by just being fighting for right and I kind of like that idea mm-hmm. of like everybody can do their bit yeah so it's kind of cool yeah and I think what I like about that kind of stuff as well is that it's um, it's trying to ground the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe into reality in a way like when it starts going into Okay, so you've got these obviously massive superheroes going off, saving the universe, that kind of thing. But then actually, where's the what happens with the collateral damage, all of like the laws and that yeah. kind of thing? You know, it's bringing almost similar to like what what the boys does in the series, that kind of thing. It brings that kind of sense of reality back to it of going, okay, we've had all these amazing, mm-hmm. you know, superhero films, but actually, still what goes on, on on the ground level with yeah. the ordinary people and everything else, and how tied to you know. Life still goes on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of weird because they had the blip as their big, kind of almost pandemic moment in the MCU, and now they've completely just completely forgot it happened and moved past it, and everything's gone back to normal. But that's kind of paralleled in real life a little bit, where a massive global pandemic happened, but everybody's gone back to just doing what they were doing before, mostly to a certain extent. Yeah, I think the blip will still pop up every now and again yeah. in terms of um, I'm still waiting the significance for the of it. Eternal to pop up in the middle of the ocean. Hey, <laughs> he's just there. It's fine, you know. Just just poking out. Not like it would affect the tides or anything like that. It's, it's cool. It's cool. I, th- I think it's just because Jet 2 haven't managed to put, pull together a kind of tourist... Um, <laughs> Uh, expedition to it, you know, go and visit your local... Uh, a Jess Glynn on in the background. Frozen <laughs> Celestial, yeah. Build a restaurant on the hand sticking out. A big phone party in the hand of that Celestial. It's going to happen. Um, it'll be the new Ibiza in, yeah. in a few years' time. That's where all the superheroes will go to yeah. to party. Um, but I, I think it's a... You know, after one episode, it was funny. I was laughing within a few minutes. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this is funny. And like little in-jokes and, 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 and nods and, uh, and stuff like that. And, and I don't think the CGI bothered me in any way that people seem to make out before the show. Like, you know, it's, I, it's I think it was the typical thing of they popped the trailer out with in-progress CGI and yeah. they fixed it ready for the show. Yeah, and everybody's like, "Oh, the CGI looks terrible." It's like, "Yeah," because they're still working on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up watching Hulk's where it was a bloke in green f- makeup and yeah. in slow motion. So you know, yeah. anything is uh, yeah is is better than that. But and you know, I I, I I had fun with it. I'm going to watch the whole season. Yeah, and I think Tati Anna Maslany is bringing quite a nice take on the character to it. She's I'd never watched Orphan Black, but apparently she was amazing in that. So, and I think having somebody with a bit of acting chops never doesn't, never doesn't detract from it. I think it's one of the things that Marvel have done well throughout their history uh, of, of the modern MCU is <laughs> they just cast extremely well. Yeah. You know, you cast characters and cast actors yeah. um, who bring something to the world. So, I don't know, <laughs> did either of you watch Orphan Black? Or? I watched the first season. 
And then I think the reason I didn't watch it all was because it appeared on the BBC for a bit mm-hmm. and then kind of disappeared. I think it went to Netflix. And um, yeah, so I don't, I don't think I followed it up after that. But mm-hmm. and, after, and by that time, I was too, too far behind def- and it was yeah. like, yeah, I've got too many things. Yeah. But yeah, I think solid first episode. Definitely worth continue watching. Yeah, and there's fun. been a whole bit of controversy about, oh, oh she's more powerful than the Hulk. Oh, oh it's too woke, as usual. <laughs> usual detractors online, which really annoys me. And it's like, Bruce is not going to actively try and kill his cousin. No. <laughs> I think they've kind of missed that plot point there. It's like, they can have a scrap, as cousins do, and have a fight without trying to kill each other. Yeah, but also it's, it's kind of what Keith said at the beginning. Like... Um, she has all of this in in the comics yeah you know so it's not even as if the character has been changed drastically in any way to sort of fit a 2022 narrative or whatever it's it's just part of the law yeah Yeah. I mean Jen's always been kind of very self-aware yeah in the comics you know to a point where you know almost almost Deadpool-ness yeah of her, she's kind of aware of the fact that um, she's a superpowered beast of a woman. Yeah. And, and in this, in the the Rainbow Rowell series that's running at the moment in Marvel, you know, she's very aware of the fact of what being a Hulk means to her and how it causes her a lot of problems in life and stuff. And yeah, you know, um, she's always been a great character though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's been a solid pick for something to do a series of rather than. Maybe delving more into the cosmic angle because yeah. that's where the MCU was heading quite a while. Yeah, and I mean, I kind of you kind of you kind of know where you're going when the the actual title of the show is She-Hulk Attorney, Attorney at Law. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's not Savage She-Hulk; it's <laughs> She-Hulk Attorney at Law. So you kind of know most of it's going to be um, yeah, that that side drama. of her. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but I, I think definitely will continue watching. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us at the Geeky Brummy podcast this issue. Joining me today, as always, Miss Keith Bloomfield. Where can we find you, your persona, persona online? I love the way our outros always go this way. Um, <laughs> my uh, social media feed can be found at uh, hardbuck underscore hotel on Twitter, which at the moment is basically just a retweets of um, the Geeky Brummy uh, well, no, feed. Your wonderful partner's... Oh, illustrations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, Do you want that, to give that a plug? Um, yeah, if you just go follow at by Meanie. That's B-Y-M-E-E-N-I. Mm-hmm. Um, she's currently doing a course which is um, putting together illustrations for a children's book. Um, so she's putting out prompts for those every yeah. few uh, weeks, which is looking really good. Mm-hmm. And so any publishers out there that are looking for illustrators and um, stuff. Yeah, it's been some fantastic... Yeah, it's lovely. Up. It's very nice. It's very much her own style, which mm-hmm. is really cute and, and nice. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, it's without the underscore on Instagram, where I'm starting to put a few more pictures up. A um, bit of colour, slowly. Most. Yeah, just 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 trying something different because I realise I've only posted about 17 images on Instagram this year, which is pretty poor. Um, and then on Wednesdays, you can find me on the Geeky Brummy. Twitter feed, which is at Geeky Brummy, and the website with a bunch of suggestions for comics you may like mm-hmm. to try out. Um, the main pool list are actually the books that I am reading yes. uh, and, and buying uh, for my sins. Uh, and then the On the Radar books are the ones that I'm kind of either picking up in trades mm-hmm. or reading digitally 
just to prevent that pile next to the bed getting <laughs> even getting huger. slightly too big. Yeah. And you also do a Meanwhile segment, which picks up local comic news. Yeah, news. so recently we lamented the loss of Ice Comic Con mm -hmm. and highlighted the fact that um, Worlds Apart Birmingham are doing a manga day, which yes. you'll have missed now. Which is so now, yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to miss things, make sure you are reading the uh, Geeky Brummy pool list on a Wednesday, yes. and you will always not miss things. Yeah, and best wishes and everywhere into Shade as well. And yeah, sorry yeah. to hear Ice is gone, but um, they are doing. I think it's him and Ollie McNamee do a Ice Cast. Ice Cast, yeah. So they're doing a, a podcast with lots of comics creators. So after you've listened to us, by all means, go and listen to their show. Yes, um, and say that we sent you, and say yeah, and 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 we endorse them fully. Mm -hmm. Awesome, thank you, Matt. How about yourself? What are you? Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Matt Level where mostly these days I'm sharing esports content, local esports content, Geek Brummy content, and then just random things every now and then. Um, on Instagram, uh, matchstick underscore Matt, where you will find mostly selfies, to be completely honest, um, taken from one particular angle. <laughs> um, and then you'll find me on the Geeky Brummy website and social media where I'm writing largely esports content, but might pivot more towards Birmingham content quite soon. Mm -hmm. And on Twitter, supposed to be on a Monday, but I've not been very good at it. <laughs> Occasionally on Mondays you can find Matt on Twitter. Occasionally <laughs> on Mondays. It's like a treat. Well, I can't say I'm much better because I'm supposed to do the Tuesdays and I think I've done one out of the last ten. <laughs> Life's been life. It's, it's not week. a competition. <laughs> it's it's fine. It's <laughs> like Keith every every Wednesday. Here he is. Hundred and fifty tweets. Yeah, <laughs> even if I'm on holiday or ill or whatever, yeah. it's like you know, I'm a beast. Yeah, but you find me at Ryan Parrish on my normal Twitter, which is barren apart from retweeting Geeky Brummy. You find, as we said, all of us at Geeky Brummy, where Keith does Wednesday. And not forgetting, of course, the wonderful Mr. Lee Price, who's not here today. But you can find him at Twitter at The Cheap Ferret. You can find him on YouTube at Bob the Pet Ferret. And you can find him writing articles at Game Rant as well. I think he does quite a few listicles, so go and check those out. You can find myself, not in person, but at Ryan Parish on Twitter, where it's just the geeky Brummy retweet channel. Uh, but you can find me also at Brummy Gourmand, MasterChef's on. I might just do my MasterChef bingo again this year which is always good fun. Mainly is how many times can Greg Wallace say lovely each episode. And what else? Oh, yes, Geeky Brummy. You can find us all at Geeky Brummy. So I'm on Tuesdays occasionally. Matt's on Mondays occasionally. Lee does Fridays frequently. And Keith does Wednesdays periodically. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that. <laughs> and don't forget my lovely wife, Mrs. Viviao, who also is at Viviao on Twitter, but she runs our Geeky Goings On account as well and ducks after weekends on Geeky Brewing. But Geeky Goings On is a great events page to see what's coming up and Geeky in Birmingham and the Midlands area. So do go and check that out. Uh, like, comment, you know the buttons. Press them, click them, make the bell ring, those things down there. Bomb, really. Thank you. Yes. Please like, subscribe, comment, comment and share. Because it, apparently it, the... the uh, analytics gods yes. love that kind of stuff i think i need to have like a spicy hot take every episode now so we can like put that on a, the first bit before we actually go into yeah. the show i think we should make up fake sponsorships every episode yeah we could do that <laughs> but anyway thank you for joining us we shall see you again soon but for now goodbye everybody 
Goodbye. This issue has been sponsored by Gamma Radiation. Please avoid it at all costs because it could cause you to Hulk out, which apparently, according to the She-Hulk series, is not good for people without the right DNA. So if you have suffered from the effects of gamma radiation, call 1-800-MEAN-GREEN. Yes. So <laughs> our advice is avoid gamma radiation. Oh, <laughs>